Hey everybody, it's Christy Wolf. I'm a partner in Kelly Dry's advertising group and as part of that do a lot of food and drug work as well as cannabis. I wanted to spend a little bit of time today talking about trends that we're seeing and trends to watch because somehow or another we have managed to get through an entire quarter of the year already as of March 31st and that seems remarkable um, just because time is moving so quickly. So with that I wanted to to take a look at five things kind of that I've been noticing as we do our regular blog posts and, and monitoring of advertising related stories um, in the legal press and, and decisions and stuff like this. And kind of just, you know, some things to watch as you're working with your business to develop advertising or evaluating risk to help help people gauge, you know, what what should be what should we be watching for? The first one on my list, which is a recent announcement from the FTC, and also timely, as many of us try to get our taxes in under the deadline. Um, the FTC uh, recently took issue with Intuit's free claims on their, on their um, tax filing service. We have a terrific blog post up on our website, adlawaccess.com, which details a lot of it, um, what went on, and, and great insights from Jessica Rich, who many of you will know is the former director of the FTC's Bureau of Consumer Protection. So definitely check that out um, if you haven't already. You know, essentially the, the core of the allegation is that Intuit made broad ranging free claims that you could get your taxes filed for free using TurboTax when the FTC and, and reportedly some state AGs are alleging that in fact for a lot of taxpayers, there really was never going to be a free option, right? So free is a pretty simple one. It needs to really actually be free. Or if there are any, you know, limitations on that, those need to be disclosed. And I'm sure part of the allegation is that the, the limitations on the free filing were not adequately disclosed. Uh, one kind of related thing that I think is, is popping up as a potential for, for free offers in particular uh, might be a sense of urgency. To the, so to the extent that your marketers are um, looking to offer something for free for a limited time, you know, free gifts and stuff like that, keep an eye out for whether or not that limited time really is limited. They have a little clicking uh, clock or ticking clock or something like that on the, on the website that leads the consumer to think, oh, there's really just a limited time for this it's worth asking if that you know really changes once the clock hits zero, or if that's really just a, a mechanism to convey a, a false sense of urgency. Because those are the kinds of practices that increasingly we're seeing regulators question as, as potentially um, dark patterns, um, which is another, uh, another way to call conduct deceptive, essentially. So that's number one, free claims that could be deceptive. Two, a lot of green claims out there in all different industries, whether it's food or fashion or other kinds of consumer-directed services and products. Again, going back to ad law access, my colleague Gonzalo Mon has done a number of blog posts on recent NAD decisions relating to green claims. Um, we've also highlighted some false advertising litigation um, relating to aspirational claims, kind of ESG sorts of statements about how companies intend to remove plastic from their supply chains or reduce their carbon footprint by a particular date, and what kind of accountability is there really for 
those kinds of promises. If you follow the news, you may know that the SEC recently um, created some new rules around that. I'm certainly not an SEC expert, but for those of you who are working in publicly traded companies, it's maybe something that you want to check out. And we do have a um, client advisory up on our website about that. Uh, number three, subscriptions. I've seen a number of stories recently about how all kinds of new businesses are going to get into the subscription space, whether that's restaurants selling, you know, pay by the month sorts of subscriptions and you get X number of meals, you know, per day or per week or, or items, I guess, maybe not a full meal, but an item at that, at that franchise for, for the day for a monthly fee. And there's certainly nothing wrong with that. But companies that are getting into this space or that are already into this space will want to pay close attention to automatic renewal laws and consumer consents and the notifications required prior to charging someone's card and honoring cancellations and stuff like that. Because that is an area that tends to be a patchwork of different state laws, carefully watched by both consumers and regulators, and one that is frankly very easy to make mistakes in. So if that's, if your business is in the subscription space, um, definitely something you want to be aware of and be following um, before you roll out those subscriptions. Uh, number four, Prop 65. Um, Prop 65, of course, is the California law that requires notice prior to exposing consumers to any number of substances on, on the OEHA's list of potentially top, toxic substances. This is a form of litigation that has only grown over the last couple of years in terms of the number of suits being filed. And I think it's only going to continue to grow. So if you are selling in California um, or plan to sell in California, or you're a retailer who sells someone else's product in California, because there are provisions that um, can create retailer liability. Um, something to be watching in terms of, you know, what kinds of products are being targeted and, um, you know, how do you make the proper disclosures to avoid being a target yourself. Check out my colleague Joe Green's blog on that. It's kellygreenlawblog.com. That's K-E-L-L-E-Y, greenlawblog.com. And he's got some great content up there about Prop 65 and and especially trends over the last um, couple of years. And then finally, you know, speaking of trends and, and litigation, I want to just um, for the last stop on the um, greatest hits so far this year tour, talk about food litigation and standard of identity issues. So one of the things we're seeing is a lot of pre-suit demands and lawsuits filed relating to um, ingredients that may or may not have a standard of identity. So for example, if you are selling a product and one of the ingredients is mozzarella cheese, you know, are you using the actual standard of identity mozzarella cheese, or is it something else that, you know, looks and tastes like mozzarella cheese, but actually doesn't meet um, the standard for mozzarella cheese. Um, and, and where there's a gap between what's being used and what it's being called consumers are increasingly alleging that that is false advertising. Um, kind of a new, you know, a new avenue for the plaintiff's bar. And it's hard to say how far this will actually get. I, you know, can, you can imagine a lot of these cases are probably going to, you know, be, be resolved very early on or get dismissed um, similar to how a number of the vanilla lawsuits have been dismissed. Um, but it's too early to say just yet. So something to definitely be aware of. 
and think about if you're reformulating products or updating labels or something like that. Um, so those are the five things that I'm kind of keeping, keeping an eye on so far this year, and hopefully that's helpful. I invite you to check out our blog, adlawaccess.com, to follow all of these issues and a whole lot of great privacy and data security content as well. Thanks very much. Talk to you later.